Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, one and all. This is Robert Rogers. I am the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. Parkinson's Recovery is dedicated to identifying and exploring all sorts of natural options that are helping individuals find relief from whatever symptoms they might currently be experiencing that are associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. It is my privilege and honor today on this particular radio show program to sponsor Lynn and Brad Schrammick, who are uh, amazing people, as you will soon hear discovered. Lynn and Brad, thank you both so much for taking the time to be guest on the radio show today. And wait just a minute, Lynn and Brad. There's one thing I keep forgetting to do. I've got to click you in. So thank you for being guest on the show today. Thank it's you. our pleasure. So would you please introduce yourself to the audience and explain why you created the Parkinson Cafe? Sure. Um my husband, Brad, was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease when he was 45 years old, back in 2005. And at that time, do you want to tell him what you were doing, Brad? Sure. I was Vice President of Human Resources, Customer Service, and Training. Had over 20 people reporting to me, and we had at the time about 170 stores. They were auto service stores. When I left, we had over 1,000. And so Brad was a very high-functioning corporate executive um, who suddenly really became unable to work um, because his executive functioning was severely compromised. Explain what that meant, Brad. That meant if I had a person coming in, I couldn't be on the computer at the same time and talk to that person, or I couldn't be on the computer and catch a phone call or do anything. Two things at the same time were possible. That was a short way of saying I couldn't do my job. And so we have this type A, very energetic, um, spunky guy who's used to going to work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and he becomes unable to work. And that was pretty traumatic. It, and so we both applied our business project management skills to creating what we called our new life plan. And that included identifying things that we can do, that we could do then, that we enjoy doing. And then we filled our days with um, rituals, like every Monday we're going to do this and we're going to have chicken for dinner, and every Tuesday we're going to go to this discussion group. And um, we made plans like that so that we looked forward to each day. At first we dug in really deep with the local Parkinson support groups. We had a very active um, parking support group of upstate New York where we lived. And we went to support group meetings, and we were like sponges to learn everything that we could about what everybody was experiencing. And, and that was good for us for the first few years because we really had a lot to learn. But then I got to the point where people would come and vent, and I have to listen to all their challenges, and I would leave feeling drained. And so we really wanted a program where we could learn solutions to the various challenges and learn the best way to manage 
each symptom. Um, but we wanted to be able to have fun and um, have everybody really bring a positive attitude so that everybody could leave feeling recharged. And I looked all over the community and couldn't find any program that met our needs. And, and so I created the Parkinson Cafe um, to provide social, cultural, and intellectual interaction for people living with Parkinson's. Um, Brad, do you want to back up, though? Because before we started the cafe, we had to um, find the right treatment protocol for you. So do you right. want to share some of that? Sure. I started off on some standard medications that probably everybody's heard of, Cinemet and uh, at that time Requip was an antagonist, and they worked together, and for the first year or two we were perfect. And my Parkinson progressed pretty quickly, and I got lucky and found a surgeon in Buffalo that was willing to take me on as a deep brain stimulation um, participant or Parkinson's participant, whatever you want to say. And before that, I was using a walker, and I was very dyskinetic, in which is all the extra moves that you see Michael J. Fox or someone like him. I was worse than he was, and I could barely walk. And the DBS just still to this day is a godsend because I never would have been able to walk. I've been in a wheelchair, and this has taken me way in the right direction. And the deep brain stimulation that Brad had on both sides of his brain, the right and left, really enables him to manage the symptoms his programming is very sophisticated. Uh, we are fortunate to have Dr. Michelle Burak, a neuroscientist up in upstate New York, program Brad's DBS. University of Rochester. Yes, and she created a program for Brad when he was having challenges walking that would provide gas and a different program for when he was dyskinetic that would apply the brakes and another program that was a combination of gas and brakes that he can he can adjust up and down throughout the day to enable to help manage his movement and help enable him to move and function. Um, and so, okay, he, Brad had his deep brain stimulation surgery in 2009, and actually it was at one of our first Parkinson Cafe events that. You were getting ready to have your DBS, and then the group was extremely supportive, so it worked out really great. Um, the Parkinson Cafe events that we schedule um, monthly, and each event runs from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Like in upstate New York, for example, we have a group that meets the first Wednesday of each month from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., October through April, as well as a third Thursday Parkinson Cafe that meets Again, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., October through April. And those were still running strong. And then Brad and I moved to Florida in 2012 when our daughter graduated from high school and created a Parkinson Cafe cultural art series in this community where we arranged different events at local cultural art facilities that include a backstage tour and learning about that art. Like, for example, we have a Parkinson Cafe at the Ringling Art Museum in November, and we have a Parkinson Cafe at the Oslo Repertory Theater in March. 
and we have a Parkinson Cafe at the Sarasota Ballet, where we actually watch the dancers perform. And and at the Parkinson Cafe at the Oslo Repertory Theater, um, we have an equity actress that entertains us from 1 o'clock until 2 p.m. And so they're, they're very stimulating, fun days. And for the events that we have in the different communities, like in 2015 here I partnered with um, NeuroChallenge Foundation, which is for Parkinson's, a local Parkinson organization. I'd like to have each Parkinson cafe collaborate with any local Parkinson Foundation, if, if there are them. It's a very collaborative model. Um, and and so um, they asked me to expand the Parkinson Cafe to Bradenton, Florida, where we live, which was ideal because it's right in our community. And that one meets the first Thursday of every month. And I bring in a guest facilitator every morning and afternoon. Um in the mornings, I usually bring in like a creative art therapist who either does painting or expressive drawing or or drama or improv or music or dance or some type of movement. Um, we're going to bring in these guys to show us the boxing for PD. And we've brought in a lot of neurologists who can help explain the latest treatments for dealing with PD and the latest research and keep us informed. And so there's a very strong education component to the Parkinson Cafe combined with um, our creative artistic expression. We really encourage each person to participate and to express themselves in various ways with these guest facilitators um, using their um, different art approach. Um, a lot of them are trained in art therapy and are good at enabling people to express themselves comfortably. Um, and so really we do have a lot of fun. And Brad, would you like to share about the cafe a little bit? I enjoy the presenters. The presenters, as Lynn said, we have people that are equity artists, actors. We have neurologists. We have such a diverse group of people presenting, that it's always something interesting. <laughs> Excuse me. We start out the day with um, coffee and a getting to know you and give everybody an opportunity to share and really get to know each other. And mm-hmm. the, the group really bonds. We become a tribe. We're, we're there to support each other and get to know each other. And we become friends and stay in touch. Um, each group has about between like 15 and 20, but like the one in, we started a new Parkinson Cafe in partnership with the NeuroChallenge Foundation in St. Petersburg, Florida, in January 2017, and we've had over 30 people show up. I always welcome new people. It's always open to the community. It's a community outreach program, and I love it when new people walk in and we make name tags for them so that. Everybody feels like they belong, which they do, and looks forward to coming. Um, Sort of like a cheers. Everybody knows your name, and they're glad you came. Um, But when during our getting to know you, when I have people share, I say it's okay to share challenges that you're facing with Parkinson's as long as you also share your best solution, like how you're managing that challenge. Um, And... Uh, yeah, Brad's had Parkinson's since 2005, and so I think that we've dealt with just about every challenge 
that people face with Parkinson's, although we always call it a designer disease because it does affect each person differently. But after you've been living with and interacting a lot with the Parkinson community like we have, you become very knowledgeable about this about everything that people could experience with Parkinson's, which is very complicated. Um, but we become pretty knowledgeable, and we like to share what we know with others who are facing similar challenges. How are you doing, Robert? I don't mean to be taking the ball so far. <laughs> well, these are uh, fascinating stories about some very wonderful opportunities for individuals. Listeners, I'm sure, would really love to hear the specifics of where the cafe is now operational. You've mentioned Upper New York State and several groups that are operational in Florida. Could you be specific about exactly where the groups are functional now in New York, also in Florida? In upstate New York, I've partnered with um, a home care agency that hosts a Parkinson Cafe series and a long and an independent living facility that has progressive care with assisted living facility community that hosts a Parkinson Cafe series. And Both in suburbs of Rochester. Mm-hmm. It, oh, Rochester. Okay, great. Yes, that's where we raised our daughter. Um, my husband and I are both from Ohio, um, and that's where we met after we both graduated from the Ohio State University. And then we moved to Nashville, Tennessee on a career move. And that's where our daughter was born. But we didn't want to raise her in the south. And so we moved to upstate New York, to Pittsburgh, New York, which has an amazing public school system, among the best in the U.S. And we were there from the time she was two until she graduated from high school. And the day after she graduated from high school, we sold that house and we moved to Florida. Although we did have a summer cottage for five summers. And... Actually, we took some boat rides with our PD friends out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in Florida, where are the groups functional? What what cities? Sarasota. Um, in Sarasota, we have the Cultural Art Series. Sarasota, Florida has a very rich cultural art community. And we have the Parkinson Cafe at the Ringling Art Museum, which I think a lot of people are familiar with. But, um, the Ringlings who started the circus. Are you familiar with the Ringlings? Oh, yes, of course. Okay, and he has an amazing art collection, um, probably one of the largest Baroque art exhibits in, the, in our country outside Asian of New York. And, yeah, they just opened an Asian art exhibit. and So we arranged for a docent-led tour through the museum to do a refresher course on our art history each year. And each year we bring in a different group of people living with Parkinson's and their care partners, and we have a fun day. Um, we go for a tour, a docent-led tour of the art museum, and we have a picnic lunch. And then last year we went into the New Asian Art Exhibit, and other years we've gone up to the deck of the Catazon, which mm-hmm. is the huge estate where the Ringlings lived. It was their home right on the water. And they have an area that's open to the public there with nice chairs and overlooking the water. And um, I've arranged for a guest speaker, too, to share with us up on the pier. It's like the programming is creative, and 
Um, I schedule something different every hour of each event so the energy is really good. And we ask everyone to bring positive energy so that everybody leaves feeling recharged. And the energy that these people give to each other is really magical. I mean, you leave there feeling like, wow, I had a good day. I mean, don't you every time? And I hear people who can't come for the first time and say, wow, I didn't expect to enjoy it this much. But um, everybody shares positive energy, which is which expands exponentially. Well, I'm quite sure that all of the listeners, having heard the exciting activities that you plan in these groups, would love to attend. You've got some groups in Florida and also in upper state New York. Do you plan to expand the Parkinson's Cafe to other communities? Well, I created the program for Brad back in 2009, and then learned that not only he enjoyed it, but dozens and dozens and dozens of other people in the community grasped onto it and look forward to coming to their Parkinson Cafe. And I love giving people who are living with Parkinson's ownership of the Parkinson Cafe. Um, I did apply for and I received a U.S. federal trademark in 2013. And over the past couple years, I've been creating a Parkinson Cafe Leader's Guide so that someone in a remote community can register to open a Parkinson Cafe in their community. Um, And in the Leader's Guide, it gives step-by-step directions how to create the program, how to promote the program, how to facilitate the program, and everything is in the Leader's Guide. Um, And I'm testing I'm highlighting that this year in Newport Ritchie. Um, I found a couple people who are, one who has Parkinson's and another who works with a lot of people with Parkinson's who um, grasped onto the concept and loved it. And so um, I arranged for Neuro Challenge Foundation to sponsor it. It's just $250 a year for a sponsor. And it's ideal to have a Parkinson Foundation or... Um, a home care agency or long-term facility that serves people with Parkinson's that can also provide some type of support in terms of knowledge and, and be a collaborative partner. Um, but we have, like, arranged for a sponsor to pay the 250 and then I give the guide to the Parkinson Cafe leader, which, like I said, provides step-by-step instructions, and so they can form a volunteer team in their community and collaborate on programming involving their local community resources, and they can do some publicity to make it an effective community outreach program to bring people together who can benefit from the program. And that's working out well. I'm, I gave, um, I'm just starting my the first one. I gave them the leader's guide over the summer, and we're going to post their schedule near the beginning of October. Um, all the series run from October through April, and we do a lot of our planning during the summer. Although, as I said before, um, NeuroChallenge wanted me to launch a new one in St. Petersburg in January, and so we we started planning in November, and it launched in January, and that's going really well. It will resume in October at the Morian Arts Center in St. Petersburg, which also has a very vibrant art community. 
Um, the Morian Arts Center is located right across the street from the Chihuly Museum. He's a, a very talented glass artist. Have you heard of Chihuly? No. He's a wonderful glass artist, and at one of our he's in Seattle, but he has a studio also in St. Oh. And at one of our events, we arranged for a docent-led tour through the Chihuly Museum, which is just wonderful glass artwork. Um, and so. And we bring in different people from the community to explain different cultural art opportunities um, and really encourage, encourage everyone who participates to plan social, cultural, and intellectual interaction every day in their life, to find things that they enjoy and to to plan things. I, we found with Parkinson's that Brad can function at a much higher level when we do less, like less is really more. It's, we can be more functional and feel better when we keep things simple and we, we just try to, we just go at our own pace and we don't over plan. Um, and that works out well. Um, we enjoy planning meals together and we take a walk every day. I don't I have Brad in our chocolate lab, and I walk two plus miles every morning oh. and around the neighborhood. and And there are mornings where that's too challenging for Brad, and I have to pick him up in the car. But when I so encourage, he, he, it gets hot down here, as you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, and hurricanes too, huh? Yeah. Right, right. That's another story. Um, but I encourage Brad to come every day, and when it when he does get to a point where he can't complete the walk, I'll pick him up in the car. But the more he does it, the more he can do and the further he can go. And he's been completing the walk and walking beautifully in the mornings. Um, we're still trying to, um, in last March, um, Brad um, decided to pursue the Duopa treatment. Have you heard of that, Robert? Uh, tell us about it. Okay, Duopa is... I can tell that. Gonna... Okay. It's a pump that delivers carbidopa levodopa via tubes through your small intestine into your body. So I was already having challenges processing some of my medicine, and I get constipated. This allows medicine to go direct into your body and be produced. And it's it's a new treatment, but it's good. Great. And so like, oh, as he was getting used to that, we, we had, he had to go to physical therapy and just regain um, different skills. And we go through um, up up a it's sort of cyclical. Yeah, we're trying to get off the roller coaster and just coast, like want everything to be more predictable and better managed. But with Parkinson's, it's like when you're going through a transition, it's really challenging until you figure out the best way to manage it. Let me tell you the truth. When it's perfect, you know it's going to change. That's, that's the way I see it. When I'm running perfectly, I know something's coming. Something's changing. <laughs> But right. you just got to be uh, ready for it and take it on. That's what I do every time. Because it's a progressive disease, and it any time that you get experience anything like a surgery or hospitalization, um, having Parkinson's, I think, 
it makes your Parkinson's worse, which intensifies the situation and the rehab or just the recuperating from it. Um, and there's just yeah, a lot to learn in terms of, and you have to have a lot of strength. But with the Parkinson Cafe, um, we created this philosophy where we stay positive and more faced with the challenge that is disturbing us, we'll take a time out and discuss it and think, okay, what's our best solution? We we really channel our energy productively and um, discuss what can we do to resolve this. And and then we take action steps, then we start over. It's like put that aside. And we find a lot of comfort in knowing that we're doing the best that we can, even when things are challenging. Um, Brad, let me tell you, our daughter, who I said when she graduated from high school, we moved to Florida. She then went to Emory University, um, where she graduated last May. Summa cum laude. Oh, wow. And she received a Fulbright scholarship to um, do a two-year master's program at the University of Copenhagen. And so she's in Copenhagen, Denmark, for two years. And so in August, um, Brad and I went to visit her, and it was it was you were you were still recuperating from a UTI infection, right. and you didn't have your balance, and and so our daughter was a real gem wheeling Brad around in a wheelchair. Everywhere. I mean, for ten days. From nine thirty till ten p.m. I right? couldn't oh keep up with them. Oh. I, I, I couldn't keep up with them, oh. but um, we had fun, and um, yeah, um, yeah, we just deal with each challenge the best we can. Um, with the doable pump, it has simplified a lot of the medication delivery because Brad used to have to take his Cinemet, his carbidopa levodopa, every two and yeah. a half or three hours. Mm-hmm. And then he would take his amantadine on a different schedule right. to reduce the dyskinesia. And it he, he had alarms going off constantly, and it was really hard to plan things. The medication could interfere with plans. Now you just get up and you turn it on, and then you go until it goes out. With the oh. with the Duopa, um, they they mail these refrigerated cassettes, and. That there's a pump that you know, the neurologist programs, and you connect the cassette to the pump in the morning and turn it on, and then it starts infusing the medication. And you can wear it for up to 16 hours, and then you disconnect it at night and flush the tubes, and and so then you reconnect in the morning. So Right, right. But that well, simplifies... Um, instead of taking the pills every two and a half, three hours, and it makes it more consistent because there's like a morning dose and then a continuous dose and then extra doses. And, but, yeah, it's it's a challenge, though, to titrate it and find the right doses for the right person. Each person's different. Right. Yeah. We're trying to well, optimize the Duopa with the DBS, and it's very complicated. Of course. Nobody knows about it because it's so new. That's the thing. Kind of yeah, kinda have to experiment a bit to see what's right for you, it sounds like. We're yeah. willing to do that though, and then down the road when the cat goes on more we'll be able to help people because we'll be able to yeah. share what worked for us. 
Wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. Well, some of the listeners of Parkinson's Recovery Radio have actually just been diagnosed. Brad, do you have any words of wisdom for them? Words of wisdom. Um, just enjoy being. That's my best of words of wisdom. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the nature around you. Enjoy life. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow because you can't control it. Just enjoy life. Yeah, focus on things that you can control, that you can manage, and do the best you can, and don't be hard on yourself. Um, that's what our rabbi told us when Brad was diagnosed, because it was a traumatic time for us. And she said, just focus on being. It's like what you do doesn't define who you are. You know, just be yourself. And 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 we learned not to be judgmental and not to... And just, you know, not to have high expectations, just to enjoy what we're doing. We enjoy very simple pleasures, and that helps us stay in a positive frame of mind. Um, we like we enjoy cooking. We enjoy eating each meal. We en- enjoy going for nature walks. Enjoy visiting neighbors and friends. Yeah, simple things. The simple things are so important to um, to en- to to really feeling good when you're dealing with adversity, you know, to to stay in the moment and try to keep a positive perspective. Do the best you can to manage it. And, Lynn, what is your website address? www.parkinsoncafe.org. Lynn and Brad, I want to thank you on behalf of the many thousands of listeners of Parkinson's Recovery Radio for sharing your wisdom and experience uh, these last few minutes and letting people know about the exciting adventures of the new Parkinson's Cafe. Thanks thanks so much for taking the time to be guests on the radio show today. It's been a pleasure sharing with you. Take care. It's a pleasure and an honor, I can assure you. And for those of you who are listening, that's what's happening on, you guessed it, the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are (laughs) handsome, and all of the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this amazing interview with Lynn and Brad, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. Thank you so much for taking the time to be uh, guest on the show, Lynn and Brad, and for those of you who are listening, we look forward to connecting with you next week where we're going to be exploring new innovative light therapies that have just been invented. So I look forward to connecting with each of you on the radio show next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Good day. Thank you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.